0: But I'm editing this week. You are editing this week. I never put banter in. You're right. (laughs) What if Black Man was black? (laughs) (laughs) If I was editing, that would be the clip, no context, right into the theme. Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John doing the intro like five goddamn times. Like every time. Not every time. Sometimes I get it in one shot. Yeah, but this time we rolled snake eyes. So we get $500 from the bank? What? Oh, is that like a Monopoly thing? That's a, It's a house rule that makes the game last forever. Oh, I don't want that... <laughs> Any game of Monopoly that lasts longer than it needs to, bad game of Monopoly. I like how Monopoly is a game that's supposed to highlight, like, the unfairness of capitalism. So everyone created all these house rules to make it not as unfair. <laughs> I, I love that Monopoly is a game that was created as a piece of biting satire and now is just synonymous with a capitalistic board game. When we know that the real capitalistic board game... Sushi Go. Sushi Go. <laughs> Super capitalism. Yeah. It's just money and sushi. There's no money in it, but it's but you do get sushi. Sushi is pretty expensive. I forgot, we play with the house rule where you have to pay... For all of the sushi that you play using Monopoly money, (laughs) yeah, you have to pay for all the sushi you play, and it's especially capitalistic because halfway through you become part of the working poor, and then you get trapped in a debt cycle. Your car breaks down at the end. Prostitution. Yeah, you you actually start with a budget, but then you get laid off. That's how the game. In round one, you have a job. Round two, you get laid off, and you get sick, and you have no health insurance. And around three, you have to proselytize yourself in order to to be able to play the sushi cards. Yeah, basically, it's just like life. You start with sushi and selling your body. But not like the board game life, which is also in need of updates because it's got... Have you looked at the game of life recently? Yeah, you can fit way more than four people in a car now. I know. That's, that's the only thing that's wrong with it is how many people you can fit in a car. Yeah, the only thing that needs to be updated is cars have gotten bigger. Yeah. And that's it. You know, jobs are the same. Your your life path is the same. you got to get married to someone who's of the opposite sex. You know, I don't know if the game <laughs> dictates that. I'm, I might be projecting onto the board game. Maybe. I think maybe it dictates that. I don't know. Because you get a blue piece and then you get a pink piece. You know what's... All right. I wasn't going to bring this up. But we've landed here. In, in the year of our Lord. This time, this place. Did you know... That there is a dating site specifically for Trump supporters. <laughs> I uh, I do. There's a, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle on the internet about that Be- because uh, involved with the with who can sign up, right? No. Well, okay. In- involved with a different thing, but go ahead with your thing. So you go to sign up, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it makes you choose between, and it, it uses this nomenclature. You have to choose between straight man and straight woman. Ugh. Those are your two options. Why in the world would it, would it make you say straight or, or, like, why is straight there? Uh, straight's there to prove a point, Henry. Straight's there because, like everything else associated with this, it's just supposed to be as shitty as possible. But that, but that's not the icing on the cake, John. The icing on the cake is then you go to the relationship status, mm-hmm. and you've got, of course, like single, looking for friends, whatever, but then there's happily married. Okay. And unhappily married. Oh no! Yes! But the sanctity of the great American family. Apparently doesn't matter. Oh. Because you, you have to be straight to use a site, but you can't be married. Yeah, you don't have to be straight. <laughs> But you can fuck around, Wait, whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, now are you aware of the other thing? I, I'm not. See, so see, that's all. I, that's all I wanted to bring up. But I, so if you've got more about, is, is it related to what is it? Dating dot Trump. Let's see, which uh, is got off. Trump dot dating. Thank you. That's what it is. So, Trump.dating, don't go there. But also, uh, let's take a quick look at the, the banner ad. You see these people in the banner? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, these, these people in the banner? Yeah. This man and this woman, they have Make America Great Again Hats, MAGA. Uh, so, here's a little thing about the people in this banner for this Trump.dating website. Please tell me they're both, like, to keep going. Just tell me. I can't guess. Uh, they are Barrett and Jody Riddleberger. These are real people. These are real people. Uh, They are a married couple and co-founders of the Tea Party-inspired group C4GC, conservatives for Guilford County. That's oddly specific. Yeah, so they're uh, they're models for this. They're really great models for the Trump.dating website. They're not married. They are married. Oh, They're a married couple. They're actually lizards. Yeah, they're unhappily married. (laughs) Now, here's the problem. Uh, So, uh, this guy... Barrett, Riddleberger, Uh, child sex conviction. What? Child sex conviction. Oh, no. Child sex conviction. (laughs) Well, that's the rule of threes. Yeah. In 1995, he was 25, and yeah. All right. So so the face of Trump.dating is is child sex conviction. Wow. that. That's unfortunate for that dating site. And can we just briefly pause and admit that HTML5 was a mistake? Why was HTML5 a mistake? Trump.dating. Yeah. I mean that came out I don't know if it was HTML5 that did that, but there was a a cool new bunch of uh top-level domains that came out around the same time. Dot dating was part of them. Dot bicycle. Dot dad. Dot dad is my favorite. Dot dad is the only one that mattered. Can we if we ever Actually can afford a website. Can we be zero credits dot bad? Absolutely. <laughs> How much does it cost? Hold on. Let's do some searching. Bring up that cost calculation. Let's see. I'm pretty sure any amount will be above our budget, which uh, is zero credits. God damn it. I walked right into that. Let's see. Now, I hope they still have dot dad. But let's try to cross-reference. Oh, you're going to cross the streams? I'm going to cross the stream reference. Uh, let's see. Could you search faster? I'm really trying. I'll I'll entertain our guest with a story that I'll make up as I go. I have one of those blank days where I, I can't think. Have you ever had those? Have you ever those days where you just you set out to do something and you just can't think like I was going to start this episode with a poignant quote about a fact I had read during the day. Cause I read a lot of facts during the day, but then when it came down to it, I couldn't remember the quote and I just blanked and I sat there for a good five to nine seconds, like just in silence. And then I butchered the introduction like five or six times and John got really mad. He threatened to quit. Well, he always threatens to quit Anytime anything goes wrong, he's like, cancel the podcast. And I'm like, it takes more than that to cancel the podcast. um, Because, like, we're legally obligated to do this as a fifth grade assignment. I still haven't gotten my fifth grade. uh, It's not really a degree. I just didn't pass the fifth grade. And uh, now I have to go through this, like, hilarious, like, List of tor- chores and tasks and assignments, and in order to prove that I can pass the fifth grade to keep my inheritance. No, keep going, keep going. We're not. Yes, it's this whole stipulation. Like I can't inherit my father's company unless I have a high school diploma. And you cannot. Ha- you can't be in high school unless you pass the fifth grade it's just really convoluted thing and they're like there's this chick on who, who's interested in me and she's trying to tutor me you're putting your phone away you're done what, do you have the information I have an answer for you all right well then let me just quickly wrap up this story okay and uh we'll see how that pans out because I, I I'm I'm talking as though this is ongoing so it's not wrapped up yet I can't wrap this up I don't know why I said I was gonna wrap it up. It's within budget. It's within budget? Yeah, no, it's, uh, we can have zero credits dot dad for a pretty penny. Wait, a pretty penny usually means a lot of money? No, it's pretty if your standards are low. Oh, wait, so a a suboptimal pretty penny? Yeah, suboptimal pretty penny. Alright, well, maybe we'll look into that and determine, we'll do a cost, what is it, a cost benefit benefit analysis cba a cba and we'll determine if that's in our future or not i don't think we should talk about that on the podcast we really shouldn't oh man shouldn't mix business with pleasure and boy am i having fun anyway (laughs) are you not having fun john not with this no (laughs) all right well let's move on to something else john uh you said you had some content i Uh, i do so here's the thing listeners I don't know if you know this about us, but we live in the great state of Austin, Texas. Yes, the singular state, a very small state of Austin, Texas. It's like Monaco. So we live in the the great state of Austin, Texas, and I've lived here now for, oh, some months. Three? Something like that. Three months? I don't like to count. A quarter of a year? Almost four months. Almost four. Almost four months. So I think that it would be a great service to our listeners. Now, Austin's popular, despite the fact that for the last year, rents have gone down or stayed the same, which means Austin's losing a little bit of its popularity, and maybe that's new construction. Or maybe Austin's dying. Maybe the city is dying. But hear me out. It's still popping. It's still happening. It's the Portland of the South and the Mexico of America. The Mexico of America. That's what I've that's what I've been told. <laughs> that's bad, but I've been told. That's what I've been told. And I thought that it would be a great service to our listeners if I gave you some tourism tips for Austin, Texas. All right. Now, now I don't know if you know this about me, but I get out a lot. Do you actually get out a lot? I'm out constantly. It's I'm happening and I'm popping. You're all over the city. Don't pop anywhere near me. But you you have dragged me to a few places, so I guess you do go out sometimes. Yeah, I, I go out all the time, and what I, I do this, of course, not for my own personal enjoyment. Uh, in a solipsistic universe in which only I exist, I do this to bring travel tips to our listeners. Specifically, you you've been scouting out the city just to give travel tips. To the people who might never come here. And I've been taking fastidious notes. Fastidious? Yes, constant notes. Like Wes Anderson, my script is blocky and perfect. And like Wes Anderson Lane, you run east and west. So I've got a few travel destinations, and I tried to split them up, you know, try to give people the most complete feeling of the city they could possibly have. You're building up. You're building this up so hard, I'm afraid of what you actually have. So we could just go ahead and start. You live here as well. Yes, I've lived here for about a year. Yeah, you probably don't get out as much as I do, though. So this might come as a surprise to you, but if you ever want to chime in, just let me know. All right, I'll 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 reserve my my judgment. Okay, so the first place I want to talk about... Now, everybody wants to talk about this with Austin. They want to talk about it. You know what I'm talking about. The downtown. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what they call it. Everybody wants to talk about the downtown. Here's what people say about the downtown. Great nightlife, great music, look at the dancers. That's what they say, those three specific things? And 6th Street. That's four things. They say those four things about downtown. Look at the dancers, look at 6th Street, look at the food, look at me. And, listen, when you're in downtown Austin, I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. But if... If music's your thing, if if drinking hard, getting an Uber, living that Tex-Mex lifestyle, let me tell you where you need to go in downtown Austin. Where do I need to go, John? There's a place called Arlo's, and they serve burgers and chicken sandwiches, and it's real good, and there's some seats you can sit at. Yeah, it's by Cheer Me Up Charlie's. Yeah, it's by it's by Cheer Up Charlie's. But yeah. that's not important. So Arlo's They have burgers, and they have macaroni and cheese, and there's some tater tots. It's real good. It's a real good time. I saw some birds. You're leaving out one thing, John. What? It's a completely vegan restaurant. Yeah, but that's not important. It's super important. That's not important. If you're expecting meat, don't bring your feet. To Arlo's, they've got burgers, they've got fake chick. It's it's all really good. They spell cheese with a z and bacon with an apostrophe. Yeah, it's, that's fine. But anyway, so Arlo's food truck downtown Austin. If you're in downtown, the one place you need to go is Arlo's and then leave. So just to move on a little bit, now we've covered pretty much everything there is to see in downtown. <laughs> just just the Arlo's food truck. There's pretty much that's pretty much all you need to see. But there's another part of Austin. I don't know if you know about this part of Austin. So we're skipping Esther's Follies, we're skipping the O. Henry House, we're skipping the Capitol and Congress and, and, and Hideout Theater and, and that, the Dresden Hotel, all of these historic places. So there's this place in Austin, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called East Austin. Uh, is that the section that's east? That's uh, east that composes the east? So if you're leaving Arlo's downtown, you want to travel east on, I believe, Mopac mopac runs north south so i don't know how you're gonna do that so you're gonna travel east and then you'll be in what's called east austin yeah now a lot of people they think east austin is nothing but crime but i'm gonna tell you east austin is hip it's happening and it's always on there's three things people say about east austin i'm on a bicycle you just you just said three things, and now there's a further a further three things. All right, I'm on a bicycle. They say I'm on a bicycle. They say look at my dog. They say get out of my way. All right. So they say those three things about East Austin. But what they don't tell you about East Austin is it is the music capital of America. I don't think that's true. Every band goes to East Austin. There's look. There's Boney Fair. Who? There's a Borns. Oh, actually, I- I've heard of Borns. And there's Bono. Those are just three bands that start with B. But there's another big, great B in East Austin, Texas. What is it? That's Bistro Vanish. It's a food truck located in East Austin on some street, and they serve a uh, tofu scramble. They serve uh, some kalachis. It's real good. There's some uh, tables outside where you can sit, like picnic tables, and sometimes you can sit under one with shade, and they'll give you a Topo Chico. Oh, the water thing? Yeah, they'll give you a Topo Chico water. Did this give it to you? It costs money, I think. Oh. Alright, so here's my question. Uh-huh. Uh, does that food truck serve any meat? No. Oh, okay, so... You heard it here. What is it called? Uh, Bistro Vanish. If you're expecting meat, don't bring your feet. To Bistro Vanish. It's the fourth big B in Eastern Austin. It deserves a trip. That's and if you're ever in East in Eastern Austin, go there. Get out. <laughs> go there. Get out. There's nothing else. There's not. Oh, what's the name of that theater? There's not the High Tower his Place. There's not some pretty legitimate cool art like murals and stuff. None of that. None of this. None of these things. So, there's another place about Austin. I don't know if you've heard of it. Is this going to be another cardinal direction and then the word Austin? North Austin. <laughs> oh, my God. Not only North Austin, but there's a little up-and-coming place that I don't know if you've ever heard of, but it's called the Domain. All right, you're technically right. It is up-and-coming, only because it's one of the newest developments in Austin. So, it's the Domain. It's hip. It's poppin'. It's happening. It's very rich. It's very expensive and it's mainly shopping. There's three things people say about North Austin. There's three pe- there's three things people say about the Domain. What are they? All the streets are one way. <laughs> yes. Let's walk through the Dick Sporting Goods. You don't have to. Look at that theater. I pick? They say, look at that I pick theater. I nobody, wonder what happens in there. Nobody ever goes into an I pick theater. I don't know what's in it. They say, what, what, see? What's going on in there? That's the three things people say about The Domain. The Domain. Now, here's something you might not know about The Domain. Uh, um, try me. Now, The Domain has a lot of good music, it has a, a lot of good acting, great theater productions. I believe Hamilton. I believe is there no? sometimes. What there's no theater in the domain. Like not that type of theater. Now something you might not know about the domain is as a a little place, a little quiet spot, you can tuck into a booth and and just have a good time and that's Tarkas Indian kitchen. Okay. So you you go there, you you walk through the door, you sit down, no you go to the counter and you say, "Hey, Can I have some lentils? And they say, oh boy, can you? You sit down, you eat them, and you leave. You leave. That's it. Yeah, Then, then you're done with the domain. There's nothing else in the domain. There's not the brass tap. There's not Spence's Diamonds. There's not an Apple store, a Tesla store, or a, a, a Windows store. None of those exist. There's not an R house for Sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not sure about any of those. But I think if you go to Tarka's Indian Kitchen, then leave, probably you'll be fine. So don't stop for milkshakes at the Shake Shack. The what? I, I, I guess not. Now one question about Tarka's Indian House. Uh huh. Do they serve meat? I don't know. All right. So if you don't know if you want meat, possibly bring your feet to Tarkish Indian House. That's their slogan. Yeah, Tarkish. It's Tarka Tarka's Indian House. If you go there and you eat, you can leave. You can, you are you're legally allowed to leave the domain once you eat. At now, Tarkus, I don't. I don't know. Tarkus. So we've covered the three biggest parts of Texas: the downtown, the eastern, the domain. All of Texas or just Austin? You heard what I said. Okay. So we've covered the three biggest parts. the The triple they call it. All right. So we've gone north. We've gone south. to downtown. Even though you never said south downtown. And we've got East. Is this possibly, are you going to possibly mention West Austin? Central Austin. Oh, God. So in Central Austin, I don't know how much you know about Central Austin. I don't know if you spent a lot of time there. Is there really a place called Central Austin? But here's the thing people don't tell you about Central Austin. It's the Portland of Austin. (laughs) <laughs> Within the Portland of Texas, there's a Portland of Austin. Yeah, so it's the, it's the Portland of Austin because here's what people don't tell you about Central Austin. Okay. Everyone is hip, they're thin, and they're dancing all the time in Central Austin. Why are they dancing? Why are they dancing? Because people say three things about Central Austin. Number one, they say it's central. Number two, they say, don't mind the construction. And number three, they say, look at that sky. You no can... building in central Austin is higher than two stories to preserve the beautiful Texas sky. Is that a true... Yeah, man. Yeah, man, sure. At least that's unique and people aren't popping and dangling or whatever. Yeah, they're looking at the sky. They're saying there's construction and they're saying, boy, it's central. Wait, wait, they're just saying there's construction? There's not actually construction? Yeah, they say there's construction. Don't mind it. Okay, I won't. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Central Austin. I'm still not, because I'm still not sure this is a real place. But the music scene is huge. You're just, you've said the music scene is good in all of the regions. It's, it's endemic of the entire city. The music scene is non-stop. I went to Central Austin and I heard the Hamilton soundtrack. You did? I heard the Hamilton soundtrack. Where? It was in my car. Oh, okay. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you love music as much as I do, or you love hootin' tootin' Tex-Mex cuisine, but do I have a place for you? I like Tex-Mex. It's called Sweet Ritual Vegan Ice Cream. <laughs> what does that have to do with Tex-Mex? It's a restaurant where you can order nothing but ice cream. You might have heard of restaurants that have gimmicks, like there's peanuts on the floor <laughs> yeah I have heard of those gimmicky <laughs> restaurants there, this one's gimmick is that they only sell ice cream or- yeah they only sell ice cream you walk in you're like whoa buddy what's happening what are you selling and they're like just ice cream bro and then you you order ice cream and you think it's just a joke and then they're gonna like hand you a menu and have like tater tots on it but it never comes so if i go co- <laughs> <laughs> it never comes. What is? This? Did you hold on? Did you order tater tots and they didn't come? Is that what you're telling me? No, the menu just didn't. Oh, the menu didn't come. So you're telling me if I go there to this place and I try to order like a sandwich, there's none. There's ice cream sandwiches. Okay. What, See, if, they do like, what, what about fun, a soup? They, they do like fun little twists. What about like a soup? You can get a milkshake. Okay, what about like a like um I don't know, something that comes in a cone. Oh, like a soup cone? <laughs> like a soup cone. Like yeah, like for the go. Yeah, you can get ice cream in a cone. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have like fun little twists on like all the food you'd expect. What if what if I wanted to eat with a spoon and out of a bowl? <laughs> You're out of luck. Oh, okay. No spoons. Wow. Yeah, got to eat it with a piece of wood. Little Little tiny, they serve you like little tasters, but then you gotta eat it with those, I think. Okay, so I didn't ask a lot of questions. (laughs) It doesn't sound like you did. So they have like ice cream, right? (laughs) That's crazy. But all the ice cream is made of different flavors. Name name a few flavors for us, John. Peanut butter cup. Peanut butter cup. Made with peanut cream. Okay. Iced matcha. What's matcha? Green tea. Oh, okay. Uh charbroiled sunflower seed. What? I think it's just candied sunflower seed. What are you saying? And chocolate. Okay, chocolate, fine. And Rocky a... Road. Okay, it's real rocks. Real rocks. Organic. Organic free, free range. Free trade. Free and free tra- range. Ethical. Ethical rocks. Alright. And uh yeah, you you order some ice cream, you eat it in your car, and then you leave. <laughs> you just you leave central Austin, a place that's dubious if it even exists. I can't even name anything from it. So we've covered all four Cardinal but hold directions. up, I do I have a question about your sweet ice cream place. Oh, what is it? Do they serve meat at all? Uh, no. Oh, so if you don't want any meat, bring your feet <laughs> to, what was it called? A Sweet Ritual. To that place. That's their slogan. If you did meat, the feet. So we've covered all four places in Austin. I feel like there's a, is there not a West Austin? Huh? <laughs> oh. We hit four directions, I mean north, downtown, east and central. There's only four directions on a compass. I forgot. North, south, east and central. Yeah. All right. So if you hit those four, if you hit those four spots, you're going to enjoy music, you're going to get popping and you're going to get out I don't even know which one's specific which place specifically you're talking about because you used all of the same description for all of them. Huh? Are you trying to say Austin is very hege- hegemonic? What's that? Is it very samey? No. They're all different <laughs> place. All di- they're all different places with different names to go to. <laughs> but you kind of just described one restaurant on each of location and then told us to get out. Yeah, get out. You eat the food from the truck and you get out. But there's more. Austin has so much more to offer. Huh? It just sounds like you eat out a lot. What? (laughs) No. No? No. Okay. I mean, we've been to the brass tap in the domain. Like, you took me there. Like, would you not recommend that place? Huh? What is happening? Where, John, where are you? Uh, sorry, I was just thinking of... I'm real hungry. Oh. John, did you just do this segment because you were hungry? Huh? Have you eaten dinner tonight? No. Yeah, neither have I. Huh. Man, Tarka's Indian Kitchen sounds good right now. But we have the rest of this podcast to do, and I need oh, you... Jesus. ...to rein your head in and focus. Okay. I, I, I'm happy that you're sharing more of our city with our listeners. They now at least have four restaurants they know exist... And can go to. Uh, beyond that, they're on their own. They're going to get lost. And possibly if they're in East Austin, they're going to get crimed. All you need is... Hear me out. All you need to know is where Burn it is and where the North Star is. <laughs> and then you can navigate any place. Yeah. Every place has a Burn it. Just be wary on the, over, the, the flyovers because people fall off of them. Yeah, don't fall off. And, uh... Be wary, we, we recently just had our second police officer-involved shooting of the year. Oh. Who shot who? Oh, uh, this was a really weird thing. There was a, do- a domestic call, domestic abuse call or, or something like that. And one of the guys fleed in a, in a taxi cab. <laughs> they, tr- they tracked down the guy in the taxi cab. And he, he ran for a little bit and then he, he, he had a gun, it yeah. turned out. And then he stopped... He pointed the gun at himself. They talked him out of that. He pointed the gun at the police, mm. and, and they had a negotiator like trying to get him to calm down and give up the gun, but he wouldn't. And it was getting to like a breaking point. And then I, this is I'm just giving you the facts. Seven police officers shot. Ooh, and he he died. Yeah, that would make sense. Seven. That's a lot. Seven. I guess there's not enough time to say, and you you, you wouldn't want to announce. I'm gonna take the shot because then he just points the gun at you. Mm-hmm. So I ha- I would hate to be a police officer. That's all. That's all I gotta say. Me too. Yeah. The other police officer involved sh- shooting happened just around the corner. Oh no. Yeah. So some guy got stabbed. Uh huh. And, and the, the he was coming at the police with a knife, and the police were like, "Okay, wait." He got stabbed. Did the guy get the guy, stabbed by somebody, take the knife out, and then try to attack the police with it? Uh, the guy who stabbed the oh. guy went after the police when they showed up. Yeah, that that would make sense. I'd shoot someone who wanted to stab me, probably. Yeah, that's, that's kind of common sense. Yeah. But, I mean, also, I don't know. I don't have tons of training, so I don't know if that's the right move. I, I don't know. I, I'm in a really weird place with guns right now. I think the whole nation is in a weird place with guns right now. I think we we, we can stand to talk about a little bit of what's happening politically right now with the just an event happened. It's very tragic. And then everyone, the, the doors open for the, the gun control debate to come up again. And, uh, and, and so we're just in the midst of that horrible place where people are discounting tragedy and the name of policy. Yeah. And I don't want to editorialize, too much about my feelings about it i hate guns yes uh i my feelings are i guess slightly more complicated in that i i respect guns as pieces of engineering i don't think people should own them (laughs) yeah i mean as a tool to be studied for the express purpose of putting a hole in somebody i guess you can respect them as a rea- a tool that's just readily available for anyone to get within like a waiting period, depending on your state, um, oh, and depending on the background check, sometimes, I I think they're just too readily available, and that's that's just sort of where I stand. And I feel like the way that we are handling this most recent shooting has been in a in a way healthy. I mean, it's I feel like it's healthy because if anything would have swayed this nation on guns, it's Sandy Hook. And it didn't. And it didn't. And, and Which is crazy. Like banana go nuts crazy. Yeah, because that was literal children and, yeah. and they the politicians decided that children's lives weren't enough to affect policy. And I, I think that the the takeaway from this most recent one it seems like people have fucking had enough. It it definitely seems like the the candor the level of candor around this one is is much more open than the last few it seems like there's a lot more actual anger rather than sorrow which is good people need to be angry about events like this so like there's a there's a political fire building within people who feel disenfranch- disenfranchised disenfranchised and so each little political moment is just adding more fuel to this fire for these people and, and so, whereas maybe two years ago, an event like this would happen, we would all get riled up and then it would die off, it's, it's continuing. The discussion isn't dying off like it normally would to the point where this morning it was found off, uh, I-65 and I forget what state someone had spray painted on a blank billboard, kill the NRA. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I, I like the language of that. I'm a particular fan of the refrain that's been going around, which is the NRA is a terrorist organization, which don't totally agree with, but yeah. it's powerful language. Uh, yeah. Language like this is dangerous, though. Like, yeah. violent violent language like this can lead to people doing violent actions. That, that's not at all what we should be doing. We should view the NRA as a very spe- specified sort of group with one, they have one goal. Yeah, they're very good at it. It, They're very good at their odious task. Yeah. And I just if you're looking to sort of take action, not specifically against the NRA, but maybe just to to be more informed about gun control, I'm going to echo something I heard John Oliver say last year, and that's call your congressman, congressperson, and tell them that you're interested in repealing the Dickey Amendment. What is the Dickey Amendment? I'm familiar with it, but I'm not sure what it is. The Dickey Amendment is just an amendment that basically slashes the budget of the CDC mm-hmm. from uh, researching anything involving guns. Oh. So, like, if they were to in- to investigate anything with guns, their budget is slashed to, like, 100000 out of, like, we're talking maybe, like, $2 billion. I-, I think I saw at one of the most recent catastrophic mass shootings... Uh, there was, I think, a an article on GQ where it profiled the life of someone who investigates forensically gun crime cases. Yeah. And because of their lack of... So we can't build a computer database of gun owners. We cannot. That is a law. There is there is a physical database, but it's impossible to actually search. So through. it was that guy. It was the head of the facility that houses the physical database. Yeah, which is it's almost literally impossible to do anything with. Yeah, and they've done an amazing job. They hire extremely specialized people. Who it is amazing that any gun crime is solved through there at all, and it's because the people who work there are phenomenal human beings who really care and have given their lives to something that will never give them a career. Yeah, I mean, all of the skills that you're developing in, in like, searching the physical database do not translate to anything else. Yeah, it is a very fascinating dead-end job, dead-end analog job that should not exist. It shouldn't exist. We should be updating. But before, like, we tackle that, just repeal the Dickey Amendment. Let the CDC actually do some research on, like, is there a link between, like, mental illness and and gun control or anything like that? Because, honestly, we don't know because we can't know. Yeah, I, uh, uh it, it's such a shame, but I feel like a fair amount of this podcast is just us kind of going, It's cool that people are angry, but... Well, turn that anger into action. Call your congressperson and remind them that you want to repeal the Dickey amendment and this this is a this is a more than one time thing because if we if you stop and they stop hearing it they think no one cares yeah it's a really backward system the way our legislation and representation works where you literally have to annoy people to get them to act on it mhm but Without, like, the numbers backing them, like, oh, so many of my cons- constituents are, like, concerned about this, they don't move. They don't care, I guess. I don't know. I'm i not I'm not a, I'm not a pol- politician, so I, I've never been in their shoes. I don't know what their day-to-day is like. And it, it's something that I really like that's happening right now because I, I hate to, like, put meaning where there is no meaning, but I do feel like uh, part of the, the kind of Me Too movement is... And this has very little, if any carryover to gun violence. but I feel like it is endemic of a certain level of fed upness that the public has surrounding certain political issues. and I feel like we're really kind of coming into our own being like no we're we're sick of this stupid thing that keeps happening. Yeah, I, we're getting to a fever pitch of, of fed upness, but it that needs to translate into change. Yeah, and that's that's the hardest step. Like it's the easiest step is to admit you're done with something. But now it's like, what do we, what do we do? What do we do to change? Like Harvey Weinstein threw out, I'm sorry, the Weinstein Company threw out Harvey Weinstein, so that they enacted change. What can the, the the little person do? I see. I don't know that answer. Yeah, because we we always have to find a way through one means or another. To make the change we want happen. Instead of being like... It's very easy to be like... I don't like this. I'm angry. Get rid of garbage orange man. It's like... That rhetoric does not fly or get you anywhere. It's actually like making things happen. Or trying to make things happen. Yeah, I mean... Whether or not you like the the current leadership... When it comes to like ousting them or getting rid of them, that's not up to the normal people, at least not until the full scale revolt level, which it's in our constitution, I'm just saying. Like it, it says it says in our constitution if we don't like the government, we should upend it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not calling for that. I'm just pointing out a fact. Just saying it's an option. I'm just saying, uh if the if if like Big changes like that will come from other places. It's not going to come from the people, at least not until we're sick of the entire system, which, you know, that might be coming too. What we can do is try to work within the system, which is always the line that people people give, and just try to, you know, be informed and then call your representatives and talk about the things that you're concerned about and just be well-researched. On like one or two issues. That That's really all you can do. But it's also important to note that the things that we're upset about and the things we're fed up about and the things we're yelling about. Uh, like uh, gun control and uh, a woman's right to choose. And the prolonged oppression and subjugation of women in our society. These are all problems way bigger than the president. Yeah. Way, way bigger. The NRA is might be the most powerful, effective political organization in the United States. The NRA is, if if you care about gun, tr- gun control, enemy numero uno. Yeah. The NRA thus far in American history has pretty much not been stopped from doing anything it wants to do. How do we stop them? Uh, you work real, real hard, you don't put up with anything, and you become extremely vocal. Alright. So do those three things. Yeah. <laughs> There's three things you got to do, Henry. You got to be extremely vocal. You got to pop, and then you got to kill the NRA. Well, don't kill the NRA. See, there's there's a danger with language, and we we've we saw this during the election with just the violent rhetoric that both candidates were using, all candidates were using, and, and that translated into action in some cases. It's language has a power. It shapes literally. The words we use shape our perception of the world. So, like, if you're talking to a large audi- audience, audience, don't use violent rhetoric. Yeah. D- or refrain from it. Just You can't fall into the trap of, like, being even plausible deniability, like, it- inspiring somebody's violent action. Yeah, you, you can't respond to someone who uh, monopolizes violence by... Well, I was going to say you can't respond to someone who monopolizes violence by being violent yourself. But then again, there's that whole theory that, uh, you, fascists monopolize violence. Yeah. So that they, they preach from, uh, a spectacle of nonviolence until they've monopolized it and then they exercise violence on those who cannot use it. So I don't know. I mean, that was my plan. Oh, to monopolize violence? To, yeah, so that, to tell my, to, to tell our listeners. For them not to use it so that I could. So you could get all the violence. So I could use all the violence and secure the means of production. And use it like a spirit bomb. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. To take out everybody. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like if you're in the public, if like, yeah, if you're in the public sphere, sphere, uh, just tone down your rhetoric when it comes to like violence. And, and maybe we shouldn't be spray painting kill the NRA. Although it it only gets attention because it's worded that way yeah I mean if it was uh, seriously downplay the power of the NRA in your government probably not as catchy maybe tone down the violent rhetoric now I'm not saying tone down the resist rhetoric no no, no. bring that up yeah resist all yeah by all means resist but let's not give anyone any means of saying like well they're just a violent mob. Yeah, you're angrier, and you can get angrier. Anger has uh unlimited upside potential, but don't let anger turn into violence, because violence leads to the d- dark side. Yeah. Star Wars. Fear leads to... Who cares? I don't know quotes. Uh, that's a lot of heavy stuff, John. It is. We went from just talking about Austin to talking about... Gun control, and I that that wasn't at all planned. But I do have a small segment planned based on your ever searching quest for mindfulness. Yeah, my uh, my mindfulness quest. It hasn't gone very far. I did watch a lot of David Attenborough documentaries. Oh, did you? Is that a real thing? What that I did that? Yeah, uh, sure. Okay. H- how do you feel? Not more mindful. Oh, well, this isn't directly related. I just stumbled upon a cool concept hailing from uh Japan. Ooh. have never it anime. No, it's not anime. No, this is a it, it's called ikigai. It's called ikigai. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. All right. Are you playing with me? No, I've never okay, heard cool. of ikigai. I like to I like to teach people. All right. So ikigai is a Japanese concept that means a reason for being. Oh, a raison d'être. Exactly. It 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 is similar to the French phrase, raison d'etre. Um, another translation of Ikigai is sort of like the reason you wake up in the morning. Okay. Oh, raison d'awakia. <laughs> and basically what I stumbled across was this crazy Venn diagram that shows Ikigai is sort of achieved when you can do what you love. And that lines up of what the world needs. And that lines up of what you can be paid for. And that lines up with what you are good at. Okay. So this is a very Japanese approach because it's work-centric. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, looking at this Venn diagram, no one on earth has ever achieved Ikigai. (laughs) Yeah, Ikigai seems real tough. But, like, so you the, the point is, like, you settle for some of these outer circles, maybe... What you can be paid for lines up with what the world needs, and that becomes your vocation. Uh huh. Or maybe what you're good at ends up being, you know, lines up with what you love, and then you get to do like a passion thing. Okay. What if. What if I do what I'm good at and what I'm paid for? That's just your profession. Oh. But what if. Man, I want to be all these things. So this this Venn di- I, I I so searching for the term ikigai this Venn diagram doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, so there are some other charts Oh boy. that look better on my big screen but this is a small screen. Uh-huh. So this sh- sort of shows a b- more realistic approach to it. Uh-huh. Um, and it also shows like the other oval overlaps cuz in the the Venn diagram what you can be paid for doesn't ever line up with what you love. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a great Venn diagram. So, this one, they all line up, and then it kind of breaks down uh, the categories. I hit a button and broke it. Um, so, what you paid for, what, what you can be paid for, and what you love is number one, and that's a fantasy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a dream job, basically. Oh. Like a dream job. So, isn't that Ikigai? <laughs> sort of. It. it the concept is like if you get two out of four, you'll be lacking in some other regard. What about three out of four? You'll you'll still be lacking in some regard. Like, so that's what this Venn diagram covers. So like if you if you're doing what you're good at, what you love, you have satisfaction, but a feeling of uselessness. So like say say we streamed video games for a profession. Yeah. We're making money it's what we're good at what we love and we're making money from people's donations so it's our passion it it become it, yeah it can be our passion but we're not actually doing the world anything like we're entertaining and we're entertaining let's say like 5000 people a night yeah but that's like the karm the karmic balance and you feel useless you feel you feel useless okay um but if you do what you love and you do what the world needs that becomes your mission And you're delight, you're delighted, and you're full, but you're poor. (laughs) Yeah. So that's like working for a nonprofit. Uh huh. The goal is to line up all of these things and get your your ikigai, which is basically what that translates for me is being independently wealthy, not working ever. And maybe writing a book or two. Hold on, we can we can force some ikigai out of this. How do we how do we how do we get some ikigai? So let's say we do what we're paid. We do what we are paid for. Okay. Which is stream video games. We stream video games. We can. We be paid do what for we that. love, which is we stream video games. Okay. We do what we're good at. Which we stream, stream video, video games. games. And we do what the world needs. We give all the money to charity. Shit, that the paid for one goes away. Yeah, you don't get any money anymore. What about fifty percent to charity? Well, then you. Your tax, the rest of it, the government taxes like three times, and Man. so you're left with very little. Uh, what if we don't pay taxes? Where is illegal activity, in Ikigai? guy? <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think that actually lines up with anything. Hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I came across this, and I, I thought I would ask you the question: What would your Ikigai guy look like? What would your perfect thing? And you can see on this chart, it also says purpose dream job, or true vocation. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I know. So let me see what I am right now. So what I'm good at... I, why do I keep clicking things? Okay. okay. Look at this one. So I am... at what you can be paid for. That's it? That's it. Really? The world doesn't need people to handle their... Uh, oh, I, I, don't mean, I, I don't know if we've ever actually discussed what you do. I do money. The world needs people to handle their money, I guess. Are you good at it? (sighs) I guess. It's not whether or not you like the fact that you're good at it. It's because, like, I do a job that I'm good at, but I don't like that I'm good at it. Yeah, it pays me and I'm good at it. Like, I'm a copy editor and I'm good at it. But any writer worth their salt can be a copy editor. So I guess it's my profession? Yeah, I guess you're in a profession. (laughs) What does that say I am? Number five. Comfortable but feeling of emptiness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Accurate. Yeah, I I mean, that's. I feel like a lot of people fall into number five. Yeah, most people settle for a profession. Because uh, these other ones, what you love, what you're good at, and what the world needs, that's great. You'll starve with those, though. I mean, that's kind of the... I mean, you've heard the term starving artist. Yeah. The only thing that's keeping them from Ikigai is not having money. (laughs) So if they get paid, Ikigai! I think, I think the main thing that ik- this concept of Ikigai or this understanding of Ikigai speaks to is that money breeds comfort. Yes. And that lines up with a headline I read the other day. Um, I forget what periodical it was from, but it was like, Oprah discusses being stress free at 64. Mm-hmm. And somebody responded to it on Twitter. It's like, well, First off, she's a billionaire, so that might... You yeah, know, that probably helps. That, that, that probably helps a little bit. And I, you know, it's the old adage, money can't buy happiness. That's certainly true, but it does buy peace of mind, comfort, and a whole lot of jet skis. And that's the three things you need to know. Yeah, and those are also totally pieces of happiness. Yeah. I, the, the adage that money can't buy happiness is to make people feel good about not having money. Uh, a big part of happiness is being comfortable and not worried where your next meal is coming from. And in that way, money absolutely buys happiness. Does money buy fulfillment? No. Never. It can never buy fulfillment. And you see that in, um, there was a study done. This is another headline I read uh, that measured uh, the happiness of millionaires. And it was found that people who had earned their millions were more happy than people who inherited their 1000000s Mm-hmm. So, like, people who view the millions as, like, the the product of their hard work, they're fulfilled by that hard work and the millions is a bonus. People are handed millions. They didn't work for it. There's no sense of achievement. Yeah, there's no worth. But I still wouldn't turn it down if anyone ever wanted to offer me millions of dollars. I'm just saying, just in case that happens. I'm saying, listeners, if you want to send us a million dollars, go for it. Go for it. I won't say no. Yeah, I... It- I don't know what my ikigai would be. That seems impossible from where I am in my life. And I think, well, yeah, that the the, uh, the concept of ikigai is that everyone has an, an ikigai. Like mm-hmm. there is one out there for you, but it takes a lot of soul searching. Let's see, finding it requires a deep and often lengthy search of self. It's not something that we're going to find here on the podcast, or it might be not. You might go your entire life not really finding. That definition of Ikigai. hmm But I think the important thing is, if you're like me, and you don't like work, you don't like having a job, your Ikigai, it will be completely divorced from your work life. Yeah, so just not to work. Just not, well, yeah, my Ikigai is more specifically, like, writing fiction. hmm That's, I, I wouldn't consider that a job, I would treat it as such, but, like. It's not a nine-to-five. It's not a grind. Yeah. It's more of... It is a grind. It's more of a daily activity that I would want to pursue if I had a lot of money, but it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. That's why we need to starve, because then we'll get hungry and we'll make big money moves. Big money moves? Big money moves. Is starting a podcast a big money move? Clearly not. I don't know if I I can do much more. Look, this is going to pay off eventually. Once Mark Maron re- recognizes our... Uh, Once he answers our beef. We've never actually tweeted at him. Should we give that a shot? Oh, no, don't. We tweet at him, what no. is your iki guy? No. Hashtag Mark Maron, what is your iki guy? <laughs> if everyone could tweet, not at Mark Maron, but to unrelated people, hashtag Mark Maron, what is your iki guy? Yeah, if we could get that trending, but not involve Mark Marin. Yeah, if we could not involve him in the conversation whatsoever, so he's like, "What's this thing about?" And yeah, then people make it a thing, and then he traces it back to us, and then we hit it. That's it. That's that's the global, the global dream. Yep, and he sues us. He wouldn't sue us for using his name. We use his name to disparage him. No, we did not. We did when I said his garage is bad. His that's podcast a, is that's, bad. That's a well. Don't comment on the podcast quality, but his garage is bad. Okay. Maybe his podcast is fine. You never watched the IFC series Marin? No. Neither have I. I assume it's good, though. <laughs> well, Mark Marin, we assume you're good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we have these running themes. Why does it seem like right at the end of the podcast we always nag hard on Mark Marin? because I want him to notice us I want other podcasters to notice us like who I don't know name him and I'll go after him <laughs> You can't go after him What do you mean? okay fine the guys the people that do my favorite murder Oh the onion get no that's uh they're two ladies. Oh, yeah. They used to be on Feral, but then Feral folded. Did you hear about Feral folding? No. Oh. Is Feral bad? No, they just folded because the uh, the guy behind Feral, uh, he he, re- he recognized a pattern of behavior that he did not like within himself, and he he, he couldn't justify uh, continuing to run the business and then also trying to fix the problems he had in his life. Okay. So he dropped the business. Hey, that's his guy. That's his guy. They paid him, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how podcasts work. I'm sure he made a good amount of money with Feral. Do you know the history of Feral? No. That guy came from Feral on... Wait, that guy came from Wolfier. Really? Earwolf? (laughs) Earwolf. Okay. Nice. Uh, Apparently, they had some disagreements about how to deal with the backlog. Because Earwolf, I don't know if you know this, they charge money for their backlog. Paywall. 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 Man, yeah. how do we get on that? How do we, how do we do a paywall? I don't want to put a paywall up for our backlog. Yeah, but how do we do a paywall? We do a second show. Uh huh. Called Zero Credits Beyond the Paywall. Okay. It's the same show. Okay. But we charge a dollar. So it's talking zero credits. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about the creation of zero credits. Now, what did you think went into this episode? We would have to re-listen to episodes and I know you I already know you hate listening to yourself. Uh Uh-huh. So this is this would be torture for me. This isn't gonna happen. No, you could just give me Cliff's notes. Cliff's notes? Of the podcast and tell me what to talk about. Do we have to hire a guy named Cliff and get his notes? Yes. Cause he said Cliff's notes. Yeah, Cliff's notes. It's called Cliff Notes. Is it? Yes. What about Cliff? Who's Cliff? The guy who wrote the damn notes! No, the concept is that Cliff Notes is... It's the amount of notes you could write while you're falling off a cliff. Oh! And still understand the total idea. Wuthering Heights. <laughs> I've never read it. Oh, it's about a cliff. A Heath cliff. Bada-boom! Have you ever experienced a moment where the air is just sucked out of a room like there's a vacuum in a spaceship. You know, do you think people named Heathcliff... Are there still people named Heathcliff? There's an orange tabby cat. He's dead. <laughs> what? Heath, the... Heathcliff died. No! Heathcliff died. It's in the canon. Are you serious? Yeah, Heathcliff died. Final episode. Final episode of... <laughs> turned straight into a tree. It was a comic strip. Yeah, last episode of comic. Turned into a tree. You don't have episodes of comics. Everyone is an episode. No, you don't have episodes of comics. What constitutes an episode? (laughs) I think a plane just (laughs) flew directly over us. Oh, excuse me. Ghetto bird. What was that? It's a ghetto bird. Oh, a plane is a ghetto bird? No, a helicopter. What? Yeah, helicopters are Ghetto Birds. How do you know so many things about stuff? I don't know. Alright, well that's gonna do it for this episode of Zero Credits. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. Normally we try to come to this podcast with, like, content. We had a lot. We had a lot this week. Did we? Yeah. You know what else we had? What did we... Some social media plugs? We had some social goddamn media plugs. Can't use it in the past, ten hasn't happened yet. We have some social media plugs. That's a present. Let's go. Let's go. If you want to send us a present, send it on Twitter to ZCPCWHA on Twitter.com. Send us your anger. Don't send us your violence. And send us those sweet Austin spots to eat. No, seriously. Like, If you have something you're angry about, I, send us an email about it. I would love to read... What our listeners are angry about. And who knows, you might just end up on the podcast. We could read your angry letter. Ooh, write an angry letter. Like, target the thing that you're mad at. And it'll be anonymous. And it'll be anonymous. Uh, we'll have your email address, but don't worry about that. No, it'll be anonymous to the listeners. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, so like, re- dear issue that you're concerned about, and then just go off on it and sign it like a concerned citizen or something. Be irate as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And rate us on iTunes. And rate us... Yeah, keep going now. Okay. And if you want to send it to us in the form of an email, and not just a Twitter, zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. Be angry. Be loud. We will hear you. We heard you. Come on now. We are on Facebook. Search for Zero Credits on the Facebook search bar. Everyone should give up Facebook because it's big data. We stream video games on twitch.tv slash zero credits. And rate, comment, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Tell your friends because they love it. Yeah, word of mouth is whatever. Who cares? Word of the mouth is the fastest way to subscribe. Word of the mouth. (laughs) Hashtag word of the mouth. Do it. And from every why are you shaking your head, John? What's up? And from everyone here at Zero Credit Studios, which between you and me is just me and John, we like to say have a happy week. Bye. I'm gonna say the final thing. I'm gonna say the final thing. Look, Henry, there's three things that you say at the end of every episode. You say zero credits, to five, and you get and welcome back to zero credits my name's henry you didn't say it's the show, where- and welcome back to show. And welcome back to and welcome back. Why did you clap? I was the one, the goals and run.